When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Should the Thunder fire Billy Donovan? Will Rondo and Ingram start when they get back from suspensions? What's wrong with the Celtics' offense? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show slash podcast. As always, I am joined by Dave Dufour at Dave Dufour NBA. So, Dave, uh, it's kind of tough to stay up late to watch both these games on TNT, huh? Uh, yeah, the Central Time Zone, contrary to what my friends have told me, is the worst. It's terrible. Uh, at least if I was on the East Coast, I could, like, I'd have a a complaint that people would understand and sympathize with, but Central Time Zone saying, "Oh, I got to stay up till like twelve thirty at night to watch these games." It's just way too late. Yeah, and they, 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 I feel like they used to start them at. Did it start at seven today? The first game, or uh, yeah, uh, was it seven or eight? I think it's seven, eight or seven thirty. Only because Something it feels like, like it used that. to start early enough where the second game wasn't that late. But uh, as it is, we have lots to talk about. Um, now we are. Um, in the middle of a halftime of the, of, the, of the second game, so people aren't, aren't streaming in here too much. But we want to answer any questions you might have, so throw them out there in the Periscope uh, or the, the Twitter. In fact, there's a couple of Twitter questions we had that I quickly liked that I thought we can answer um, here first off the bat, just because uh, we want to make our podcast for tomorrow, when it drops, or tonight, a little bit more um, you know, NBA-centric. So the first question asked by uh, J.M. Bacalot was, should the Thunder fire Donovan? What do you think? I mean, is it a Donovan problem? <laughs> um, is that is that a rhetorical question? I mean, it's actually. I mean, it's a real question, right? Uh, different personnel, different coaches, similar results. I, yeah, you know, I, like I don't want to beat a dead horse. Uh, that, that's where I'm at on this. I mean, I really just don't want to beat a dead horse. But they I, they had a nice lead and. Uh, you know, it's it's hard not to put the blame on on Russell Westbrook. Uh, it is it is not hard. Uh, and in fact, I, I kind of tweeted it out that I said, you know, maybe we should give him a pass because he's coming back from an injury and he might be rusty. But he had a fantastic game the night before or the game before. Um, so that and I don't think it was rust. What I saw, I saw just the you know bad decision making. It's a couple of terrible turnovers and some bad shots. And it was just like the body language is terrible, too. It's like he almost felt like he's like, I, I've been in this situation before and I generally don't do well. And this is going to happen again. I don't know what because it's just so frustrating. They win a lot of games. They are very talented. They have a lot of athletic ability. So they're going to be competitive. But um, maybe at some point it's going to be Donovan who wants out. He doesn't want he doesn't want to even be there anymore just because uh, he doesn't seem to be able to get the offense he wants anyway. There's no way that what they're running on offense a lot of the time is what any coach would design. Right? Okay, you know what? I, I think that's a great point. And if you just look at the, the, the play call for the end of the game, yeah. there is no effing way that that is the play that Billy Donovan drew up. 
Oh, no way. Well, Absolutely no way. I mean, what is Russell Westbrook shooting from three? Like 17%? Right. We'll, we'll set up the situation. It's 27 seconds left. They're down by four. And I don't even – I mean, even if Steph – I mean, if Steph Curry maybe gets open, like wide open for three, you take a three there. But the play is to attack the basket, get a quick two – extend the game, get more possessions. That's what you do. That's how the game should be played. And you don't just jack up a three. And he's like, well, I'm open. Well, there's a reason why you're open. Marcus Smart easy, backed off. It's the easiest defense the Celtics will have to play all year is on that play. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was no hope he was drawing a foul. It, it just, it was just garbage. And, and, you know, like there's a lot to be said. And, and, you know, I've been on record in the last week uh, complaining about Boston's offense and just a lot of actions to nowhere. And that was evident tonight. They hit some they hit some shots there in their little comeback. Um, and, and you pointed out uh, that they may have found something that is going to work for them with with Morris at the five. Mm-hmm. But the story of this game is Russell Westbrook really. I mean, he blew the game for, for Oklahoma City. They had it and he blew it. Yeah. And you got to start thinking, I mean, if you're Paul George, how do you feel right now? Yeah, well, that was, again, a very strange because he had a decision between, I guess, playing alongside Russ or playing alongside LeBron. And How about playing anywhere? He could have gone to Philly. He would have been perfect in Philly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, like, yeah. it's not just L.A. or OKC. Now, with that being said, I mean, there there, there must be some really great culture there um, in the locker room to get him to stay, to not even take a meeting with another team. But, oh, man, um, yeah. It's it's rough, man. I, I think I, you know ultimately Billy Donovan is going to be the one to take the blame because that's how it works. Um, and, and and to be fair, if you're the coach and and the players aren't running what you draw up, hey, that's that's as much on you as it is on them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, um, Michael Frazier in the uh, chat says I need a haircut. I tried my best. I really gave it my the college try to, to like grow my hair out and, and make it work. And I just don't think at my age or whatever, it's I can't do it. So you know what time it is, Nick? I'm, what? Oh no, you want me to shave? Oh geez, I'm not shaving my hair. I got like How about for hair. charity. Come on, I'm up for charity. For charity, wow! Shave my head for charity. Oh, let me let me at least get a normal cut for now and see how I feel about it. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe uh, there's maybe I'll shave my chest hair for charity or something. I don't know. Um, but I don't want to do my. Hair. I like my hair. Nonetheless, uh, he has a point, and I tried, and I, it's just not working. So, uh, who do you think is going to be the first uh, first time All Star this year? It's an interesting question on Twitter, and I can tell you who asked that in one second if I can find it. Uh, it was uh, EKW two forty eight. Uh, who's gonna be? Yeah, who's like most likely? It's an interesting question. I'm not even sure having my. I mean, hand. Ben Simmons. Uh, yeah, he didn't make it last year. He got kind of robbed last year. Yeah, right? Ben Ben Simmons will make it. Uh, I think Tatum's gonna have a good uh, chance. What about Donovan Mitchell? Um, we'll see. The West is stacked, so yeah. it's gonna be tough. Joe Ingles. Uh, I think yeah, Joe Ingles. Well, he actually. I mean, he had a couple of games. He was averaging like over 20 points or whatever. So that's probably not gonna happen. I mean, Joe Ingles is really good, and yeah. and will likely deserve an all-star nod but at the same time like it's it's tough man i think the east is where you're going to get these guys um who are you know kind of new to uh to the all-star game again tatum simmons simmons is no-brainer tatum i think he'll have a good shot because he's going to score a lot Mm -hmm. uh he seems to be the only guy who can actually score right now for for boston what about middleton is he he hasn't been an all-star has he no middleton's gonna be yeah for sure, because I think Middleton's probably going to be around 24, 25 a game. Yeah. Now, that's the thing uh, with uh, Jingles. 
uh, he, he would have to get to 20 points a game, I think, uh, for him to even get close. To it's doable for him. He just needs yeah. to, I mean, you know, it's about usage for him. It's not about yeah. uh, anything else. Yeah. Well, Slip, Slippery Fish 23 asks, should Rondo and Ingram start when they get back? Uh, interesting question. I mean, I, I think, you know, they weren't doing that. Obviously, the record wasn't great when they were starting. Um, what do you think? Uh, no, I, I would keep who they have on the court. I like Kuzma out there with LeBron. Um, Kuzma can get buckets and and that's what this team needs right now. Um, Ingram, I just don't think is there. And, uh, you know, Lonzo actually makes stuff happen in a way that Rondo doesn't. He, he has a lot of that Rondo in him where he's scared to shoot, but, uh, you know, defensively he actually gets out there and competes. He had, had a nice, uh, uh, some full court pressure tonight, which normally I'm against, but with his length against Jamal Murray, he, he actually is causing a lot of problems. Got a nice steal and, and a layup, uh, right right toward the end of the half so mm-hmm. yeah i would just i would listen man I, i'm in favor of them going with the young guys if you're going to keep them on the roster you might as well go with them because it's not like rondo or lance stevenson or javel mcgee actually moved the needle or kcp i yeah. agree i agree in fact yeah uh, lonzo was picking him up full court he got a rip and a layup and now you know he had a, a bad turnover or two there but he had a beautiful touch pass to lebron uh so i like the lebron lonzo thing going on right now there's some interesting go you know ball movement and, and spacing stuff going on when they're around that i like i love josh hart out there with them as well um so yeah they they, they i wonder if there is a rotation that Luke can find that can play better defense than they are now. But um, quite honestly, I could do a video that lights up LeBron because his his defense has been bad. It's just bad. I mean, yeah, we, we've we've talked about this for two years now. Yeah. But it's exceptionally bad now, uh, especially with this team. Plus, uh, they're playing him at what he should be, the small ball five. He'd be perfect for it. But then he refuses to actually guard the other guys, the other team's big man. So it's like Kuzma. It's a nightmare. And I don't blame he, Kuzma. It's listen, like, what are you going to do? He's tiny. He, he ended the game the other night against the Spurs guarding Brent Forbes. <laughs> Who did? LeBron or Kuzma? LeBron did. Yeah, right. Right. Like why? I, I just it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and remember coming into this, every Laker, you know, commentator was like, "Wow, LeBron! It's gonna be a new LeBron. He's gonna play the five. No. I just can't understand why LeBron doesn't see that banging down low is the key to the Lakers improving their defense. Perhaps he needs his vision checked. And you could be in the same boat with your contact lenses. That's why Simple Contacts is a total game changer for anyone who wears contacts. I can't tell you how annoying it is to watch my wife run out of her contacts and need a new prescription the day we're supposed to leave on vacation. Here's how it works. Using your phone or computer, you can take the Simple Contacts vision test in five minutes from literally anywhere. A real doctor reviews your test in 24 hours and writes you a new prescription and boom, a fresh supply of your brand of lenses is on the way to your door. No more appointments, no more waiting rooms, no more overpaying. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are whenever you need it. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just 20 bucks. The contact lens prices are so low and shipping is free. Best of all, my listeners get 20 bucks off their first Simple Contacts order. To save 20 bucks on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com/coachnick20 or enter the code coachnick20 at checkout. 
I want to mention that this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts and get 20 bucks off by going to simplecontacts.com slash coachnick20 or just enter code coachnick20 at checkout. Uh, there's an interesting question here and a comment by uh, Vishal Awesome, 12. Uh, Amin El Hassan, who is you know, a friend of the breakdown, said that JaVale is putting up empty stats and he's, is he at the wrong place at the wrong time? I've got to tell you, I mean, that's a pretty hot take. Uh, what I see from JaVale is great energy in the defensive end, rim protection. He is running the lane. He is getting alley-oops. He's, he's playing fantastic. I would argue that he's been one of the best Lakers on the team so far. So I don't see that at all uh, being empty. I think on the offensive end, he's been okay. But, I mean, as we've seen tonight, I mean, Jokic just works him anytime he wants to. Uh, a little bit. I, I, I saw one time he kind of backed him down way too easily in school. Yeah, like it's barbecue way. chicken whenever he wants it. I, I mean, that's... Check. Was there a foul issue with LeJaveil at that point? I don't, I don't know. Um, I have no I idea. So, but, I can't remember. Uh, but overall, I think javel has been a very big positive, And I don't see uh, his... You, you can't... His energy, he's... You know, it's not like he's just lolling around out there and then, you know, getting some dump-off passes for dunks. Like, he's sure. active. Well, he runs the he runs the floor really well, right? And, and that's going to give you an advantage. I mean, he's so fast, which is crazy because of how big he is, but he's so fast that he actually can give you a lot of advantage, especially for a team like the Lakers that are looking to push the pace. So, you know, I just don't think that they're getting him there enough in transition. I think that that's something, especially against a slower guy like, uh, like Jokic, um, I think that uh, they could really be taking advantage of that. Right. Uh, let's see. James Levy, 1321, asks, what's the best counter schematically to, to shelling uh, a la Ben Simmons being shelled by Boston or Toronto, which I think means giving him a ton of space because he can't shoot? Um, well, I, I sent, I actually screwed it up and I had to delete the tweet because I wrote the wrong coach in the tweet, but, uh, they were giving him Simmons and Giannis both, you know, 10 feet of room and they were just like getting the full head of steam going downhill and just scoring or getting a little dish for a layup. You can't play it like that. You got to play him somewhat honestly to keep him from doing that. Uh, that's the adjustment. You can't back off of him that much. They're too good for that. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you just got to kind of guard him straight up. You don't, you don't. I mean, maybe like arm's length, you know. Um, it, you can't let them get a full head of steam. Those guys are too long and too strong. And then you're just going to put them on the free throw line, and, and that's not good. Right. Um, and, and as far as the, for, the, for the other angle, you know, like what can Giannis and, and Ben Simmons do? I mean, I think that they're doing the right thing when they get that space. Put your head down, go to the basket, and you know you're going to get rewarded for that type of play. Especially now, like they're, they're actually calling that uh, properly. You know, um, I think the refs are doing a really good job of calling that contact that is initiated when the guy has a full head of steam. So often we see these guys take a lot of contact and not get the call. And I, and I think the referees are doing a really good job early on. Fair enough. I, I'm not really that happy with the referees overall. Uh, I just did a big video that people watched about the Lakers-Rockets fight and how all the the refing was so uh, inconsistent across the board. It just led to a lot of the uh, agita and, and frustration by, to the, by the players that bubbled over. So uh, that was a, not a bad example. But I think that they're also struggling with the impeding progress rule. Uh, I, I saw a foul tonight when JaVale... 
I think it was JaVale jumps over, jumps for a rebound, like over Jamal Murray, who was just kind of standing there looking up. And they the called a foul on Murray, yeah. Yeah, they called it on Murray. And like somebody wanted to argue with me on Twitter. I'm like, what are you talking about? The guy's allowed to just stand there and watch the ball and not get jumped on and not be a foul on him. It's crazy. So I don't know. I still see a lot of issues, I feel like, with uh, the refereeing. And perhaps it's like the typical opening weeks, uh, you know, breaking it in and getting used to everybody. And then they'll, they'll settle down. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, do you think that, look, there's a relationship here toward all this scoring right there's a lot of scoring going on the first two weeks of the season what's the deal so the pace is up I mean it's pretty clear but I think that the rule changes and the rule emphasis actually is partially responsible for first of all the the whole movement thing where you're you know you can't impede a player's movement which by the the letter of the law they're actually calling it the right way now and so you're get, actually getting you're getting more foul calls there and that's obviously going to lead to uh, a difference in like free throw shot and things like that. But then also on the offensive rebounds, having the shot clock reset to 14 seconds, you're speeding it up. Teams are getting more possessions. And that was the goal with that. Um, so I, I don't think that like, so the pace, it, it feels a little nuts, but the truth is I think that we're, we're, are, we're being tricked a little bit into how much different the pace is. It's not, it's not real. It's kind of imaginary. And I think that, this is just kind of how the game looks when you're not slowed down, you know, by dribbling out the clock at the end of games and things like that. Uh, fair enough. I mean, to me, I don't know how much it moves the needle at the end of the game idea. I mean, there's a couple extra possessions there. Uh, what I feel like, and I got to check some, some deep stats out there. I'm sure they're out there as far as uh, what, how quickly are teams on the average taking the shot in the, in the normal possession during the you know, regular part of the game? It just seems to me that we're seeing a lot more quicker shots. We're only like two or three extra possessions over last year. Is that right? I thought yeah. I, I thought I heard another podcast that talked about it significant, whatever it was. But but um, I, I think that the, what the difference for me would be, uh, or just look at it, is is the time on the shot clock when the shot's taken. It just seems to me, anecdotally, by watching in a few games or a lot of games here, that like it's just kind of the shots are just getting jacked up quicker. I love to find out the numbers agree with me, but uh, something's different. I mean, you know, when we're seeing teams that are hitting 120, 130, uh, you know, uh, every night. Uh, there's a real problem. And also the thing with the fouls you're talking about is that now defenses can't, they're more afraid to even like play any kind of defense for relax for a fear of a foul. And, and yeah. that may be a real, a real factor here. Yeah. 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 Get out of the way. So now what we're talking about is, okay, because remember, not fouling is a really big, you know, stress point for most defenses, right? They don't want to foul. So you're going to end up having to get in this thing where, yeah, we're going to have to outscore them. And that puts a premium, by the way, on like better shooting. So suddenly maybe a team that isn't a great defender, a great defensive team is, you know, if they could take better shots, then they, that's what's going to keep them in the game, I suppose. Uh, the Lakers would be the prime example of that. A team that could score a lot of points, can't stop anybody. Uh, and yet they're still here struggling to get a win. Yeah. And I think uh, I'm looking at the score right now and the, the Nuggets are up too. So, okay. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I mean, the game has started, but you know what? We're going to press on a little bit longer. What do you say? I mean, there's a timeout right now. So, sure. uh, or it looks like we haven't gone. So let's keep going for a little bit while we got a lot of people in this, in the chat now. Uh, any other questions? We'll keep running through them. So we'll just do it. This will be a general mailbag uh, podcast. Some of our best podcasts are like that, right, Dave? That's true. Uh, I got someone asking about uh, four picks for Jimmy Butler, and I think that is absolutely wild because he could walk this summer and, you know, Houston would have a huge tax bill. Um, and if you're the Timberwolves, you should take that deal immediately. 
Wait, what was the deal? Because I heard the, the rumor, but I hadn't seen the actual like details. Four first-round picks, and I'm assuming Brandon Knight for Jimmy Butler. And, so and I mean, every other year, then I guess. We yeah, 19, 21, 23, 25. Now, if you're Tom Thibodeau, it makes a lot of sense to not take that deal because that's a long-term thing, and you probably aren't going to be there that long. Um, but if you're if you're the Timberwolves, and, mm. who, and then what's the player they get back? Brandon Knight. It's just a salary match. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, here's the thing. They have a cat under contract for several more years. He's the guy you've committed to. And I don't know why they're treating him like a second-class citizen and sort of trying to kowtow to Jimmy Butler. So, yeah, it seems like he, Jimmy Butler, I guess, should be the guy to go. Um, but I, I almost think maybe Wiggins would be the guy, but he can't be moved, right? He's the, the contract that can't be moved. So uh, it's yeah. a real mess. I got to do a video on this, don't you think? Probably. I think yeah. so. I mean, I'm hearing all sorts of stuff like Jimmy Butler's freezing out uh, Carl Anthony Towns, isn't passing to him at all. Um, I feel like, uh, and I'm sure he's angry no. because of the way they it was like this. It was like this last year. Um, the, their offense completely ignores Carl Anthony Towns. Like he doesn't, he doesn't initiate the offense at the elbow or anything like that. So, yeah, and not a lot of pick and pops where he'd be awesome at it. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. It's bad offense. Yeah, it's it's the guy. It's it's the old school. Like, get your ass down on the block. It's he must feel like he's back in Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, and he, the thing is, he does stand out top and shoot threes, but it's not. It's just not effective offense. And I mean, when you've got a tool like that it, to just not use it, it really is kind of. Um, it's a waste, man. It sucks. Yeah. Well, here's another interesting question, real quick, from uh, Neat New, Neat Nug, whatever. If Kyrie does not work out, what should the Celtics do long term at point guard? I, I like Rozier. I think they can continue to groom him and get him to uh, even better heights and, and be a legit starting uh, point guard. Uh, why wouldn't Kyrie work out? Oh, I mean, you know, and by the way, it's just it's the thing is he's just kind of like coming back and he's is he rusty and sort of you know not quite percent. Yeah, I mean he's rusty, right? Like he's working his way back into shape too. Remember he had that he had that knee infection, and so he's uh, you know he's bouncing back from that surgery and, and getting himself back into shape. So uh, you know he'll be fine. Right, but, you're, but you're ruining the premise of the question, man. <laughs> that was the yeah. Whole point. I, I'm I'm shitting on that question. I think it's I think it's not a good question. Right, well, Lance nine seventy two asks what maybe it's Lance Stevenson. What is a small move the Lakers can make to help with their defense, mainly interior defense? Whew. Everybody wants, well, first of all, everybody wants a 3 and D guy, right? There's nobody they, they could find, I don't think, out there that could be that guy. But interior, I listen, I'm telling you, I'm on JaVale Island. Okay. But, you know, who else? I mean, Zubats doesn't seem to have enough options no. down there to, to do anything. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, what, they, don't have a, they can't trade anybody, I don't think, right? Not yet. Yeah. No. So it'll be December 15th. Um, I think they'll be looking for buyout guys. Yeah, I mean, and who are those? I, mean, I can't even think right now of anybody who's like Tyson Chandler might be one. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I mean, Chandler and JaVale McGee. Jo- Joakim, Joakim Noah is available. Well, um, I don't know if Joakim Noah is ever going to lace up his sneakers again, but if he did, he'd better use StockX since it's the best way to get the hottest new sneakers just as they're hitting the shelves. StockX is a revolutionary new marketplace for buying or selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. And here's the cool part about it. StockX uses the same principles as the stock market to make your purchases by giving you real-time market data for intelligent buying and selling. 
You'll see exactly how much an item has sold in the past and what it's selling for now. Best of all, StockX has removed the risk from buying and selling online. Total anonymity between buyer and seller. You'll never have to deal directly with a random buyer or seller again. StockX has experts that verify every item, making sure everything you get is 100% authentic. Visit StockX.com CoachNick now and you'll see what an incredible platform this is. That's StockX.com CoachNick. Now you know. Jay Var- Varela asks, Boogie and David Westerl, thoughts? He won't even be in David Westerl. He's going to be in a legit like primary scorer off the bench or whatever he's going to be role, right? He's going to be a guy who's going to really have a much higher usage. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty convinced that Boogie's going to come back and and be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I agree. <laughs> I, I wait. We'll have to wait and see, but I think he's going to be great. I feel like this is the first time I've seen him on the bench, and he's just like smiling and he's happy. And he's not brooding, and I feel like this is a this is a new experience for him to be around a good culture and a lot of winning. And you know, I think it'll work. I think he'll, he'll get along with everybody and it'll work really well. So, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it's that Brad guy wants to know as a bald white guy, should I pursue the Dave Dufour beard look? I thought it's required depends. if you're bald to grow a beard, isn't that right? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, it, it really depends on your face. You know, you, you got to have the got to have the the strong jaw for this. You know, you got to got to. Oh, to me, if you didn't have a strong jaw, you could hide it with the beard, isn't yeah, that? Yeah, you got to be able to. Well, that's what James Harden does, right? But uh, you got to be able to actually grow a good beard. You know, that's important. Speaking yeah. of good beards, uh, Keith from uh, Fast Break Breakfast just popped into the uh, Periscope. What's Thank up you. to him? But uh, yeah, growing a good beard, man. That's that's the most important part. Can you grow a nice beard? Right. Well, the other thing is, um, you know, your beard always reminds me, you know, that the one meme or the one gif where it's like the mountain man and we slowly move in on him and he does a quick <laughs> nod. Yes. I, I think of you every time I see that. I don't know why. But I, don't I don't know, know why. That, that guy has like. Uh, he's more like Robert print, Redford looking. But he's, he's got like, like Prince Valiant hair, too. Yeah, right. I just think of you every time. But let's see. A case online asks, I thought Braun would add 12 wins to this Laker team. I have, now I have doubts. You should have doubts. I don't know. 12 wins. That would be what? Like 40. Well, they, they won 30. They won 35. Yeah. So 47 by the way, stretch. They won 35, but they probably were like a 31 win team. Right. They they weren't tanking and they beat some tanking teams down the stretch. They, you know, so they were they were probably a 31 win team. Um, How did the Bucks offense improve compared to last year? Davey Wu 629 is just teeing it up for us, giving us a softball. Dave, do you want to get this first? Yeah. I mean, first of all, they're spacing out to three around Giannis or whoever the ball handler is. And that's that's huge. So actually, like they actually have driving lanes and space to operate. Uh, Chris Middleton's shooting about twice as many threes per hundred possessions as he, as he has for his entire career. That's huge. Um, so their offense, not only that, but guys are cutting because they have open lanes to cut through. Um, you've got space to make those passes. It's, it's just a modern offense now instead of whatever the hell they've been running. Yeah, it sounds simple because it's like spacing, but you know that extra spacing and the way they have it positioned along the arc is really important to give those driving lanes and to give those gaps. So when you're talking about like the Van Wahlberg uh, dribble drive motion, he talks about having gaps, and you want to have one gap or two gaps or even three gaps, so then you can create that space to then drive and kick. And that's what they're getting now, a lot more sort of attack on the catch. Uh, there, I don't see any of the uh, high post splits anymore that they ran incessantly with Jason Kidd. And so suddenly Giannis is being able to catch the ball 
on the run and turn into the lane. Um, it really is remarkable, and it's going to be. Uh, it might spoil the Sixers' season. You know, they might have oh. had hopes for like get beyond whatever, uh, but they could easily take that third spot and then make it a fun ride in the playoffs. Yeah, I haven't seen. I've watched almost every minute of the Bucks this year, and I haven't seen them in the Hawks set once. Yeah. And as you and I both know, they were doing that every, like almost every time down the court. So. I don't mind that. I mean, I don't mind it's a set. No, it's but fine, right. but just repetitive, you know? It's easy to, to sit on stuff, so. Yeah, so it's interesting to find out, like, I mean, it must be a reflection on Jason Kidd. He just didn't seem to understand how to run other offenses or whatever, which is really bizarre because he played in the Princeton. He played in every other kind of system there was in the while he was there uh, as a player. So, you know, uh, who knows? Maybe he just got a little – maybe he thought to make it simpler it would work better, but uh, clearly – He also told Jabari and, and Giannis not to shoot threes. So, I mean – Yeah, right. I just, I just don't – I don't know. Maybe he just didn't know what he was doing. Well, I have some thoughts, by the way, about the Celtics offense and what's wrong with that because they were almost last in the offensive rating. uh, It's actions today. Actions on top of actions. Actions to nowhere. Okay. Well, here's what I noticed. They're not attacking the basket. It's even a broader thing. It just feels like there's no attacking on the catch. So last year they would be able to, you know, one dribble kick and then boom, they would split and go. And then all of a sudden they're, they're breaking the defense down on every catch and dribble or catch and attack. And now it just feels like it's a catch and a hold and a catch and a hold. They're not really like doing anything with the ball on the catch. Um, and I wonder if that's a thing that, you know, Stevens could just get in the practice time a little bit and just sort of go over that again with them and remind them um, that might unclog some stuff. And then obviously he hasn't found the right five man lineups. They've gotten their best offense out of uh, Gordon Hayward pick and rolls, and he's coming off a broken leg. So yeah, he he doesn't look. I mean, right? He no, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't look right. But no. what does that tell you that they they're getting their best offense out of a guy who has no first step in the pick and roll? Like I just think that that's there. There are issues there. These issues have been around. You and I talked about it a lot last year. Their offense was bad last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they've got some serious uh, questions to answer. Brad Stevens has some serious questions to answer. Yeah. And I'd be surprised, though, if the media asked him. You know, yeah, like right. what what happens is that we keep hearing, oh, well, they keep missing open shots. Okay. But it's not just that. It's not just you can't put everything off as they're missing open shots. I'm no. sorry. No, it and just it's doesn't work that way. ISOs are really tough long yep. twos. Uh, you know, Kyrie Irving's not driving to the basket. Yeah. Why isn't Kyrie Irving? I, and you know, I know part of it is he's working his way into shape, but you know, um, why aren't you creating driving lanes for the most, one of the most creative finishers in NBA history? I, I think that there's some real, there's some real issues. Yeah. I, I'm not seeing like a pin down for him into a dribble handoff where he can catch on the run and go down. They're not getting him downhill. Exactly. Yeah, yep. So they need, they need to that. And I think it's just a question of, it's kind of like I talked to Steph's trainer, Steph Curry's trainer last week on the pod or two weeks ago, whatever it was. And I asked him, I said, are there times when like in the middle of the season, you realize, wait a minute, we have like these three moves that are so good and you've like forgotten to use them all year long. And he goes, yeah, that happens all the time. It's almost the same with, with coaching. It's like, they might just kind of forget, oh crap, we have these three sets. We don't run and they're great and let's do that so he might need to get his thinking cap on there and and just kind of get a good practice or two and let him remind them of what works really well to figure it out but uh he's got time so they'll they'll be able to hopefully i'd imagine get it done by midway of the year they about 40 games 
Uh, Chris Gary 12 asks, you think Pistons could be a playoff team this year with Blake Griffin playing really well so far? Absolutely. In the East, for sure, they look great. All of a sudden, Andre Drummond is now this guy who's like a, a good anchor on the you know on their team. Oh, I never liked that much, but he's he's doing what he needs to do. Blake is looking good. Uh, yeah, right? They, they should be able to make the playoffs. Absolutely. And I hope that they're buyers heading into the trade deadline. They really could use a guy like Kemba Walker who probably isn't going to be available, but they could use someone like that. I, you know, I don't think that there's going to be any really good point guards available. Um, but that's shade there. Well, I mean, he's just not providing what they need, um, which is just the truth, you know? Um, and he's not, and to, to my knowledge, he's not going to right? like, unless he becomes a different player right now, Blake Griffin is the point guard and he's been fantastic right. at it. Well, hey, and but, not to but, mention he's rebounding the way he did his first couple years in the league. And, and so that's a Dwayne Casey thing. You know, Dwayne Casey gets a lot of crap and we gave him a lot of credit last year for the job he did with Toronto and kind of remaking them. But he has come into Detroit and already kind of reset the culture and they're playing a lot of bully ball with Blake and Drummond. And they are rebounding the hell out of the ball. And I mean, I think that that can't be overlooked. I mean, they they really they're playing. Um, it, it's going to look like a more old school style, but it's got like a new school flavor because of of Blake at the point and and hitting those pull up threes, which is just huge. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Let's finish up on a, on a little uh, end note here with a couple last questions really quickly because uh, everyone wants to get back to the game, I imagine, uh, I think. Uh, let's see. Thoughts on Trey Young and Doncic? And that is asked by really really Odorp. Um, you know, Doncic has looked fantastic. Trey Young has looked, he looked good in the game I watched the Hawks versus the, the, the Mavericks. He looked good. He had a really great finish uh, on a clutch play on a drive. Uh, did you see that, by the way, where uh, I think Wes Matthews was trying to talk some trash and be pissed yeah. with him? And then he got fouled. And when he made the first free throw, he goes to, sh- he wanted to give a high five to Wes, who like wasn't having it. I, I think, that? I think like most rookies, they both have been up and down. Um, you know, Doncic looked good in the start of that game and then looked bad in the second half. Yeah. And then it was the opposite for, for, uh, for Trey, uh, Trey looked great to close the game. And, and, you know, you can tell he's really worked on finishing through contact and things like that. And that's going to be huge for his game. Um, but the truth is, I mean, Doncic looks like the guy we kind of expected him to. And, uh, I think a lot of his issues are conditioning based and, and he'll get there, especially in, in Dallas. Um, and with Trey, it's, it's going to be more speed of the game and, and kind of like building chemistry with his teammates because, you know, his ability to, to make the pass. I mean, we saw that pass he threw to Tari and Prince where Prince wasn't even looking. He saw that Prince was going to be open for three before Prince even knew it. And so that kind of stuff, as he's building up, you know, rapport with his teammates, I think we're going to see more and more of that. Both of these guys are going to be special and, and it's fun. And just remember that uh, Torian Prince, he, he still somehow caught the ball and made the shot after all of that, but it was a perfectly timed pass. Almost like he knew you know, he wasn't looking, he wasn't looking, but he floated it enough where he can get enough time to catch his attention. So there's no Torian question. Prince, hey, he's one of my Danny Green All-Stars for a reason. Oh, I can't. He, I'm sorry. He's on my Kent Bazemore team of guys I can't stand watching. Oh, no. uh, his footwork was like, I, and I don't watch, I haven't seen a lot of Torian Prince for whatever reason, but that game, you know, his footwork was really off. He just didn't, you know, he wasn't, it, maybe it was just a bad game for him, but it was really frustrating to watch uh, on a lot of levels uh, for him. But hopefully he straightens that out and, and is better than he was. Um, all right, let's get to our last question. Do you want to talk about the Knicks for one second? Sure. All right, because uh, we have, um, Chris P- 
Percy and in one asks, quick thoughts on New York. Should they trade Hardaway, Knox's ceiling? The one thing I want to say about Knox, and we were doing some stuff on uh, Twitter with the video with me and uh, uh, B-Biomechanics. He, he's got such bad knee valgus where his knees are almost collapsed and knock into each other. Uh, I'm really worried that that's going to ultimately be a problem with him because it's so common. And so KD has that. Uh, it, this is this is worse than KD. This sure. is really bad. Now KD does it, yeah, when he on his jump shot, like you know, but mm-hmm. not when he's running. Like we saw him sprain his ankle, and it was almost like the same kind of thing. Like I don't know. So that, I'm worried about him on that end. Um, but you know, he's tough. He's uh, aggressive. I like that. But I, I don't know. I'm, I I'm definitely have some doubts about Knox being a uh, legit guy. Well, I would say after this ankle injury, uh, we have to reserve judgment until next season. Uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a proponent of the ankle injury killing seasons. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, I think an early ankle injury just sets you up for failure for the rest of the year. If he's back in four weeks, it's going to be too soon, right? Um, you basically double the length of time it takes to heal, and and that's sitting out and not not coming back and trying to do basketball activities. Um, and and then the the stability and the explosiveness just isn't back it will not be back until probably i would say summer um this has just been my experience personally my experience working with players and then from watching guys try to come back uh from ankle injuries i mean look at steph curry last year had the early ankle injury led to the knee injury led to another ankle injury and it just seems like this is kind of the path for these guys so one i would say when he comes back, we still have to reserve judgment. And he's a rookie anyway, so right. we should be. But I think he's going to be fine eventually. Um, I do think he's a guy that's going to benefit when they get some better players around him. So yeah. when Porzingis comes back and you know you can use his gravity a little bit, Knox is going to get open shots. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been really good so far this season. Um, There's going to be a lot of he's people a, calling for his uh, to try and trade for him at the deadline, I would yeah. imagine. I mean, if you could get him like on the Pelicans – that would be huge for them because they could really use a guy on the wing like him who can just run up and down the court, score, and and you know at least hold up on defense. Um, but uh, you know if they get KD or somebody like that this summer, they've got a good little start going. Um, it's yeah. it's all about the development of of Nilakina and how Porzingis comes back healthy. So I, I don't think the Knicks are in bad shape. They're going to have cap space. So um, you know let's see if they can actually pull it together in the front office and get something done. But I'm not worried about Knox. I think he's going to be fine. Okay. No, good stuff. And, uh, you know, great show. Who knew uh, we would have a show rollicking good time covering so many different uh, subjects. Well, actually, this late know. at night. <laughs> <laughs> we did know because whenever we do it and we get great questions in the uh, chat, we always have a great show. So, Dave, thanks for staying up later uh, for us. It's only 930 for me, but I want to get back to the game. But, uh, you know, have, have sweet dreams. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I'm going to finish this game. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe yeah. we're up in bed a little. Fourth quarter now. All yeah. right, great. Well, awesome stuff. We'll talk to you really soon. And if you want to listen to this, we'll be on the Pup on the Podcast at ASAP. So don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You win. Are you win, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>